You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-16 in week one on Sunday. And folks, it was not the start we were hoping for. All the hype, all the expectations. It felt like the Bills were ready to meet the moment and dominate the season, but they didn't. It's week one, and we all know that week one can be a liar. I think back to some of the conversations we had last year after the 4-0 start and how bad the defense was and how the Bills couldn't run the ball and McDermott didn't have a killer instinct and the team really struggled to play in the third quarter. And look at how that progressed. It's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. It's one data point in the season. The Bills are a much better football team than the one we watched on Sunday. And there's a lot more to learn about this 2021 Buffalo Bills football team. The Buccaneers last year won the Super Bowl. They lost to the New Orleans Saints 34-23 in Week 1. The Bills are not going to peak in Week 1 this year. That's what we learned. And part of me sees the value in suffering this loss and how it can impact the team moving forward. Maybe this team needed to be humbled. Maybe they were all about buying into their own hype. But that was a hungry Pittsburgh Steelers team. They came out and they had a chip on their shoulders. They played like a team that was a touchdown underdog after winning all the games they did last year. And they won the football game. So like we do after Buffalo Bills games, we talk about the things I liked, we talk about the things I didn't like, and then we close out the podcast with a recap of my game predictions and a quick discussion about what is next for the Buffalo Bills. Let's start with things I liked. First of all, the run defense. We knew that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to want to run the football. They were going to want to get Najee Harris going. And they tried, but it didn't work. 16 rushes for 45 yards for Harris. Only 2.8 yards per carry. And that's the only running back that they used. They didn't get anyone else involved. Chase Claypool had a nice run, but when it came to normal running the football with running backs, the Bills stopped it. And that was something I was concerned about for this team. We talked a bit over the summer about how a lot of the teams in the AFC that are perceived as contenders for the playoffs, they can run it, right? Tennessee, Cleveland, Baltimore, Indianapolis. Teams that want to run the football. Pittsburgh, obviously. The Bills answered that test today. I thought Ed Oliver played really well against the run. I thought Greg Rousseau played really well against the run. Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds. I thought the front seven did their job for the most part against the run. So the number one thing that I liked from this game, the run defense. Number two, the pass defense. Held Ben Roethlisberger to 177 yards on 32 attempts, 5.2 yards per attempt. Bill's pass defense held up pretty well. And they got some decent pass rush, particularly early in the game. But overall, I thought it was a winning effort from the Bills' defense. 
limited Pittsburgh to 16 first downs. They were 4 of 12 on third downs, 252 total yards. Offensively, they scored one touchdown and two field goals. I thought the Bills' defense played well. Now, what they didn't get was the big play, right? Mario Addison had a strip sack, but Pittsburgh recovered the football. Trey White picked off the ball, but it was called back due to a defensive holding penalty that I think was quite debatable. Tremaine Edmonds, he had a chance at a tip pass to intercept it, and he didn't come away with the football. So they had some chances at the big plays to kind of shift the momentum of the game, but they didn't come through. But back to the good stuff. We'll get to things I didn't like in a minute. We got a lot to talk about in that segment, but for now, we're focusing on the things I liked. How about Taron Johnson in this football game? Seven solo tackles, two pass breakups, some really good run fills. He played excellent. I thought Matt Milano was outstanding. Good plays and coverage, good tackles in the open field, some good run fills. I thought Tremaine Evans played a good football game as well. The safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, they played well. Jordan Poyer coming away with a sack. Micah Hyde with a pass breakup. Per usual, those guys did their job. How about Isaiah McKenzie starting the game with a 75-yard kick return? Now, unfortunately, it resulted in just three points, but that was a really nice play, and Pittsburgh dared him to return that football. You could tell that that kicker invited the return from Isaiah McKenzie, and McKenzie was electric with the ball in his hands. It was blocked well, and it was good execution. Tyler Bass, three of three on field goals. He made his only extra point, so a perfect four for four for the Bills' second-year kicker. Thought Devin Singletary played well. Averaged six and a half yards per carry on 11 rushes for 72 yards. He was the back, right? Like he was the feature back for the Bills. Hardly got Matt Breida involved. Zach Moss was inactive. Thought Singletary played well when he had opportunities to uh, make a play with the football. How about Dawson Knox? Four catches, four targets, 41 yards. Not a astronomically big statistical game, but... He was throwing the ball four times, caught it four times, gained 41 yards, a couple of them. Nice conversions to give the Bills a fresh set of downs. Thought Dawson Knox did his job on Sunday. How about that touchdown pass from Josh Allen to uh, Gabriel Davis? It capped a 13-play, 91-yard drive. It was third and goal. Put the Bills up 10 going into the half, and it was a dime. And I'll be honest, when Josh Allen released that football, I did not expect it to be a completion. I thought it was going to land a few yards out of bounds, but it settled right into Gabriel Davis's hands and got his feet down and made a touchdown. That was a good play. It's a good drive. But overall, the Bills just didn't do enough. They didn't make enough plays. And we'll get into some of those specifics in just a moment. But uh, first, football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. 
You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join the nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. Go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. All right, let's dig into the things I didn't like from this football game, and we've got a lot to talk about. First of all, coaching. Brian Dable struggled. I don't think he ever found his groove calling plays in this game. Two short yardage blunders, one of those being the flea flicker and whatever that fourth and one play call was. I understand there's a fine line between creative and cute, but the Bills should be able to run normal plays and execute and gain a yard in short yardage situations. Break those plays out for sure. Like, yeah, run a flea flicker. Run a creative halfback pass type play. But short yardage was not the time. Just play regular. So I thought Brian Dable just kind of really struggled to find his groove. And that's pretty rare. We don't typically see this from Brian Dable. But this was not his game on Sunday. I thought Sean McDermott struggled as well particularly with his go-for-it decisions. There didn't feel to be congruency between the way the game was being played and the decisions that Coach McDermott made. Early on, he was embracing a defensive struggle and punted it twice on fourth and short. All right, you think it's going to be a defensive game? You trust what your defense is doing? Your offense isn't humming? Play the field position game. Then in the second half, it's fourth and one from the Steelers 41 in a 10 to six game with three minutes left in the third quarter, and he goes for it. There just wasn't congruency between the decisions that McDermott made and how the game was being played. It was one of the first times in a long time where I felt like he just didn't have that feel down. And it's a little concerning because it comes on the heels of the AFC Championship game where this showed up as well. But he's got to get back to the McDermott we saw pretty much all of last season up until the AFC Championship game. And then the Steelers just straight up adjusted better. In the second half, they had more success in the passing game, and it came down to them choosing to play a bit more spread and less condensed looks, and allow Ben to throw to some spots instead of some manufactured-type throws. And the Bills gave them middle-of-the-field open looks, and Ben took advantage, which wasn't a smart decision. you got to make Ben Roethlisberger and his below-average arm throw the football outside the hashes. You can't give him middle-of-the-field open. And he got some chunk plays in that situation. So whether it was the spacing improved or the Bills deciding to go middle of the field open, Pittsburgh just made better adjustments. And you saw that in the second half where they were decisively the better football team. I did not like the passing offense. Not something we normally say here after a Bills game. But there were a number of issues in the passing game for the Bills offense. Sometimes it was Josh Allen. 
He missed throws. He came out with some aggressive decisions. Didn't hit him. Never felt like he was in command. And when he missed those deep shots early, it felt like Josh was playing catch-up. Right, He was trying to make up for missing some of those throws. And it affected his process. And it didn't create for consistency in the passing game. So yeah, sometimes it was Josh. Sometimes it was the offensive line. The Bills tackles, Deion Dawkins and Darrell Williams, they were outstanding in 2020. But TJ Watt, Melvin Ingram, and Alex Highsmith, they ate them up. And the Bills didn't do much to help, right? Like they didn't get the running backs involved too much in pass protection. They played a space game. They did what I wanted them to do. They played a space game, and Pittsburgh was able to get to Josh Allen with three and four rushers. That was a part of the script that I was not expecting to be the case. You'd figure they'd make some plays, but for Josh Allen to never have any comfort in the pocket because your offensive tackles are getting beat, that wasn't something I was expecting. And yeah, it was the guards too. This whole rotating Ford, Feliciano, and Bakker is a signal that the Bills don't have starting caliber guards. The fact that you don't have two or even one that you feel confident in to be your guy? Maybe that was a miscalculation this offseason. Bringing back Feliciano. Hoping that Cody Ford can settle in at guard thinking that you had a good contingency plan in Ike Bakker. This interior offensive line is a bit of an issue right now. Let's hope it turns the corner. But the Pittsburgh Steelers' defensive line, without Stephon it, took it to the Bills' O-line, and the pass protection wasn't good enough. It was at times, but overall, wasn't good enough. So sometimes it was Josh, sometimes it was the offensive line, And sometimes it was the receivers. There were some drops from Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. On the seam shot to Sanders, he needed to haul in that football. They were bracketing digs. And this deep pool of pass catchers that the Bills have didn't step up. They didn't win in contested situations. There wasn't any moments outside of when Sanders won deep down the field and Josh overthrew him where you just felt like a receiver dominated a rep and got himself open. Credit to Pittsburgh. That's a good defense. They were able to get pressure with three and four rushers, which opened up their spacing options on the back end. They didn't have to commit extra rushers. Instead, they could let their suspect secondary players have more help, have more people to affect the way that you space your your coverage. So credit to them. But Josh needed to be better. The O-line needed to be better. And the pass catchers needed to be better. I mean, Josh Allen, 51 passing attempts. 270 yards on 51 passing attempts. That's a yikes number. 16 points, one touchdown for the Bills offense. One of four in the red zone. Where was the play action? Where were the RPOs? Where was the zone read? Not a fan. Not a fan of the way this offense played. Penalties were an issue. Eight penalties, 81 yards. Holding like crazy on the offensive line. Think Deion Dawkins had three holding penalties himself? The defense had their share of issues as well. 
defensive pass interference. There was some holding. Penalties were an issue for the Bills in this game. Some of the calls were debatable, but that's football. Bad calls are part of football. Didn't seem like the Bills were the beneficiary of any of those, but the Bills didn't do a good enough job when it comes to not committing penalties. That blocked punt, that was an absolute killer. Steelers take the lead. They go up 13-10. to 10. The Bills get the ball back. They punt the ball. You think to yourself, you get a stop, you get the ball back, you take the lead. The next thing you know, it's a 10-point deficit with under 10 minutes left in the game. That was not great. That was a, a real suck-the-life-out-of-you type moment. You go from down 3 to down 10, and it was really good design by the Pittsburgh Steelers on that punt block. They were able to kind of crash in on some of those interior gaps and then looped around a player. So you want to kind of pinch your your blockers together and force the wider rushers to get to the punter because it's a longer path to him. And the way that they slanted their rush, it created a free lane. And Matt Hawk, he didn't feel that pressure at all. Didn't speed up his process at all. Punt block, scoop and score. Down 10 with 9.45 left in the football game. How about the fumbles, right? Josh Allen, two fumbles. Devin Singletary, two fumbles. Got to quit being so lax with the football when getting tackled. I mean, Josh Allen just kind of carries that ball down low. Devin Singletary just kind of loose with the football at the end of runs. And I know that both of Devin Singletary's fumbles went out of bounds. But still, like... Protect the ball. Value it. Make them pry the football away from you. If you're going to cough it up, don't just be nonchalant at the end of a run and let the ball squeak out. At the end of the day, the Bills had their chances. Like I said, a 75-yard kick return to start the game. They settle for a short field goal. Second series, 10-play drive that was littered with penalties. The Bills had to punt. Third series was the goofy flea flicker on third and one and then a punt. Fourth series, the Bills got to a fourth and three from the Pittsburgh 43 and then punted. Fifth series, T.J. Watt strip sack after the Steelers' rookie punter shanked the punt. The Bills started the drive at the Pittsburgh 35. Turned the ball over. They got a short field and turned the ball over. Scored a touchdown on the sixth series of the game. Then you go back-to-back turnover on downs in series seven and eight. Blocked punt, field goal, field goal, you lose. Chances were there, didn't make the plays, made mistakes, lost the football game. The Bills fit perfectly into the Steelers' script, which was play good defense, hope Ben can hit a throw or two, don't turn over the football, and make a game-changing play on special teams or defense. That's Pittsburgh's script. And honestly, that's a tough script for them to win with, especially against a team like the Buffalo Bills that you believe should be able to score a lot of points and put a lot of stress back on them to keep pace. And the Bills' offense couldn't come through. But defensively, the Bills played winning football on Sunday. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle 
and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet, and they have so many delicious flavors. They've got coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, so many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones you like. And not only are Built Bars amazing when it comes to taste, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's close out the podcast today by reflecting on my predictions and talking about what's next. So my first prediction that I had for the game was the inactive players. And I guess Tommy Doyle, Boogie Basham, Andre Smith, DeMar Hamlin, and Harrison Phillips unless Star Latulale was unable to go, and then it would be Star. So I got four out of the five right, considering the caveat for Harrison. I predicted Andre Smith. I predicted Boogie Basham. I predicted Tommy Doyle. I didn't predict Zach Moss. Now, I had a hunch that this could happen. I didn't want to say it out loud because it seemed aggressive, and I wasn't sure. But when you look at the Bills' running back room, They typically dress two on game days, plus Taiwan Jones for special teams. Well, if you dress two, one of them's probably going to be Breida because he gives you that speed dynamic. And then you have to decide between Moss and Singletary. Well, Devin Singletary's been the Bills starting running back, and he had a really good camp, a really good preseason. It makes sense that he was the guy. Now, maybe given how some of those short yardage opportunities went and the lack of getting running backs involved in pass protection, maybe that will open the door for Zach Moss to be part of the mix moving forward. But I'm a little unsurprised that this is what happened for the Steelers game. Now, Zach Moss is healthy. There was no injury concerns with him. They just chose to keep him inactive for this game. So I go four for five on inactives. My next prediction, I thought that eight different Buffalo Bills players would have at least one reception, and I was wrong about that. Six Bills weapons caught a pass from Josh Allen on Sunday. And what's disappointing to me about that is if my interpretation of what I saw from the broadcast view of the game is correct, the Steelers bracketed digs with Minka Fitzpatrick high and then not Joe Hayden, their best corner, on top of him. That's what they did to Diggs. And then they allowed Joe Hayden to play elsewhere. With the amount of empty and 10 personnel 
that we saw from the Bills, there should have been plenty of really good matchups for Josh Allen to go after. And it didn't happen. Only six different Bills offensive weapons caught a pass. I thought at least eight. They wind up with six. My next prediction was that the Steelers would run a shovel pass to a tight end. I don't know that they did. I'm not sure about this. So I'm going to say that I was wrong about that because I feel like it would have stood out to me and I'm pretty dialed in on every single play. So I think I'm wrong there, but I'm not entirely sure, but I'm prepared to take the L there. Number four, I said that Najee Harris would have more touches than the Bills running backs combined, including rushes from Josh Allen. Well, I missed this one as well. Najee had 17 touches, 27 for the Bills, but I was not expecting nine Josh Allen rushing attempts. So if you take away those nine Josh Allen rushing attempts, it's 17 to 18, and it's a lot closer. So I went aggressive there by including Josh Allen, and I shouldn't have. Then, of course, I predicted the Bills to win, and that didn't happen. So not a great week for the Bills, not a great week for my predictions on the Bills. So what's next? Well, for the Buffalo Bills, it's a road date with the 1-0 Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins went into Foxborough, beat the Patriots on Sunday. 17-16 was the final score of that game. Not a whole lot of offensive fireworks, but some opportunistic turnovers and some occasional big plays. And so that's what the Bills are dealing with this week. Miami looking for a 2-0 start. The Bills looking to avoid an 0-2 start. And that would be big for Miami to be up 2 in the division over Buffalo, and they're looking at their home opener to get that done. And I'm sure Miami is feeling some type of way after what the Bills did to them in Week 17 last year, knocked them out of the playoffs. The Bills kept pouring it on with their backups. I'm I'm sure Miami's going to come out hungry for that football game. The Bills better find that underdog mentality again. I'm not trying to overreact to one game. But it's a lot easier to hunt than it is to be the hunted. And the Bills have got to find that underdog mentality. I went into this game somewhat concerned about that, but I told myself I don't think that Sean McDermott knows how to not embrace an underdog mentality. And then they went out and got humbled at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers a team that they were favored to beat by a touchdown. So there's a lot of season left. Narratives are going to come and go. We're going to find out the truth about the 2021 Buffalo Bills, but it's obviously off to a disappointing start. Play the final 16 games, see what happens. And I'll be here to talk you through whatever happens this year. I still think the expectations should be high. Everything that you thought the Bills could accomplish this year is right in front of them. But we've also got to be honest about what we're seeing and we've got to be honest about what the scenarios are. And the Bills certainly feel like they have a very important Week 2 division game to avoid an 0-2 start because that also means that the Miami Dolphins are 2-0. So a lot to talk about here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know that people don't love to come back and listen to the podcast after the Bills lose, but we have important conversations when that's the case. So I do appreciate each and every one of you who took the time to listen to this podcast and listen all the way through. So tomorrow is herd mentality. I'll be recording that podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you got a question, 
Please get it in early on Monday. Then on Wednesday, we'll do our comprehensive primer on the Miami Dolphins. Thursday, we'll talk to Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins about the game. And then Friday, leftover thoughts, game predictions, banged up bills, all the stuff that we do. So make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you have a great Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.